Did you know that 80% of success in any area of your life, be it health, prosperity, business success, money, is about psychology? The other 20% is about the how. Imagine that. 80% of whether or not you succeed comes down to psychology or the mindset. In life, there are challenges. We face them almost every day. Heck, the entire last 365 days and counting have been a real challenge. And money has been a prominent factor. But life gives us little gems when we are open to receive and suddenly we have the opportunity to overcome these challenges. But it comes down to the mindset and the story you tell yourself. And we all have a story to tell ourselves about money With my next guest, we are going to get deep into the conversation about money and abundance and debunk a few myths about wanting it and believing you don't deserve more. In this episode, episode 13, Jodi Ann Smith, owner and founder of Abundance of Joy, is a personal finance coach. Her perfect client and niche market is young women who are starting off on their own and learning techniques to save money so that they can have an abundant life. Jodi arrived in Canada from Jamaica just a few years ago to pursue her MBA at the University of British Columbia, UBC. As her story goes, she needed to organize her finances and get on top of her money life. And in doing so, she quickly came to realize that there was not enough personal finance information for some very key groups in society, specifically young women fresh out of school and women immigrants. She launched her business, Abundance of Joe, in 2020 to teach young women like herself to become money-wise, beginning with the right mindset. She's a self-proclaimed personal finance geek and loves consuming content on saving money, investing, and all things related to smart money management. Her experience and knowledge gained from business school has taught her how to operate a successful business of her own, a foundation that has changed the trajectory of her career from the retail and public relations industry to becoming a personal finance coach. Welcome, Jody. Hi. Wonderful to have you. Uh, I'm glad that you agreed to be on my show. And, you know, you are one of those dynamic entrepreneurs that I met on our mastermind course. Mm-hmm. We're learning how to pitch to get our message out about our services and our offerings and to create a broader audience using the podcast or meaning to share our story. And for me, the podcast is a platform to learn about various entrepreneurs in a multitude of fields, learn what they have to offer, share mm-hmm. their stories, their amazing journeys in order to not only promote their business, because that's what we do as PR practitioners, okay. but to generate interest amongst my audience and listeners and grow my listeners, while at the same time creating community where entrepreneurs can connect with one another, learn from one another on a various topics, but all centered around what I'm seeing as the trend, resilience, authenticity, overcoming challenges, and problem solving. Because let's face it, we're all trying to navigate through this, this pandemic environment, the realities of today, especially those in fields like coaching like yourself. And we all just want to get rid of the word competition and turn it into collaboration. So Mm -hmm. here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Yeah, very exciting. (laughs) And you're over in Mississauga. Ontario. Yes. 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 I, I have 
I have family over in Mississauga. So if they're listening, I say hello to my wonderful family. Part of the Lee family lives and resides in the Mississauga area. Awesome. Well, let's get right to it, right? Yeah, let's get let's into it. Do this. I'm going to ask that first question. Let's debunk the biggest myth about wanting more money or feeling like you deserve more money. So that's a very good question, uh, Mary. And I think the biggest myth out there is this whole concept of money is the root of all evil. So it's a biblical term. Um, it comes from the Bible, but there's a big misconception around it because the Bible actually did not say that. <laughs> the Bible said that the, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. So, um, so there's a different spin on it. So most people think money is bad. Um, having money is a bad thing. And that's not actually the case. As a matter of fact, um, having money really means that you have more options, more opportunities. You can do more. You can help more people. So I think understanding that it's not actually the root of all evil. We actually need money in our society to survive. <laughs> we need money to pay our bills. We need money to keep things moving. Um, but money is, it gives you more options and it allows you to do more things and do more good in this world. You know, when we look at some of the wealthiest people in the world and, and the impact that they've made because of the, the opportunities that they have because of money, that shows that it's not just um, about money just being really bad, but it's about having access to opportunities and to help more people. So that's a big myth I find that most people have around money. And because of that, there's this mindset that if I make too much money, I'm a bad person, or I have to do really bad things to make a lot of money. And that's not true. As a matter of fact, when you, when you are in that position, you have so much more opportunity to make a difference in this world and to make an impact. And I feel like when we're able to debunk a myth like that, you see more opportunities around you. You're able to free yourself from that negative mindset around money to say that money, if I'm motivated by money and wealth, that's not a bad thing. It means I can do more. And I think that's a big myth that we have to really try and get rid of. That is so beautifully said. It's yeah. the emotion and perhaps the greed and the ego that we attach to the desire to have the money. Yes. Exactly. So it's Thank what we you. attach to it. Yep. Yes. Thank you for making that very clear. I think we've always known that, but when we hear from somebody who's immersed in the coaching around financial literacy and yes. abundance with the mindset, it makes more sense. That's right. So let's talk about entrepreneurial spirit, you know, that drive to not just survive, but thrive. So mm -hmm. how did you overcome the most challenging year 2020, starting <laughs> your business to keep moving forward to ensure the success of your coaching business? It's a very good question. So 2020 was a very strange year, very challenging. Um, it started out as a very, you know, good year. It's a, a new decade and we all had different plans for what we wanted our lives to look like. And then in the third month of the year, the whole world <laughs> shut down. And it was very, um, the first thing I knew I had to do was to have an internal conversation with myself and understand the basics and go back to my foundation. Like what are the things that are important to me in life? Um, the thing that COVID and the lockdown gave us was the opportunity to really think about our lives and to make an assessment of 
what our previous life before COVID looked like. I know for me, it was very, very busy. Um, do so many things at the same time. Like I, I do work full-time and I have this business as well on the side. And, you know, you, you're trying to make sense of all the different things that you're trying to juggle, but then COVID happens and everything is at a standstill. And you're trying to figure out, okay, what are the most important things in this world? And I had to make that definition. And for me, um, the good thing that, that the good thing that I was able to get from it was, first of all, my family is very important. You're trying trying to stay connected. So going back to my roots and, and trying to connect with my family was very important. And then understanding too that having good health was also a major factor. Taking time out for self-care. And then business-wise, um, I was able to go back to the drawing board to understand, okay, what are, what are the key drivers of the business? So um, I started out with a blog, first of all. Money, last year was a tough year. Many people lost their jobs. Many people were um, you know, not able to pay their bills. And it was a tough year for people to get through um, all the different things that they had to deal with, your debts that you have to pay back. And for me, it was kind of centering and giving people one, that the opportunity to, to think about their situation in a different way. So if you hadn't been saving before, now is the time to really think about how I can save money. And if I've lost my job, I need to keep the lights on. I need to ensure that I have my essentials. So communicating that that's the most important thing, that you have food, you have shelter, and you have your utilities paid, and then everything else you can focus on until you get your job and you get your situation sorted out. So um, just going back and ensuring that uh, my readers had the right information that they needed given their situations, and then also being aware of the fact that, you know, we will have tough years in life. It, this is, life is a cycle. You have the good times, the bad times, but what gets you through it is knowing that even though we have bad times, we are resilient enough to move past it. And there are some situations that feel like <laughs> You'll never be able to come out of it, but I can tell you that life goes on and that you will get out of it and you're stronger and you're more resilient than you think. And I've learned that lesson myself. And also I feel most people need to know that. So for 2020, that was the focus, um, encouraging people, giving them the tools that they need to get through the toughest year for, for most of us. And also knowing that we will get to the, the end of this and we will come over on the other side, more victorious and stronger. Lovely. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you shared with me some of the answers to these questions, uh, you shared a very um, tragic story, the loss of some relatives, including an uncle who had died suddenly and the grief process. Do you want to share a little bit about that and what transformation took place for you? Yes. So um, 2020, at the top of the year, you know, you know, you're getting through the pandemic and getting through it. And then towards the end of the year, um, we lost a lot of family members. And I had one uncle who died very suddenly um, from a heart attack. And the news was very sudden. Like, I just was not expecting yeah. that. You know, I got the phone call and then you're trying to make sense of what was happening. And then I had to inform my other family members across the world um, to let them know that this had happened. And, you know, it was the way in which it happened. It was so sudden. Um, he was coming home from work and, you know, his heart gave out and he died. And, you know, 
what what it what it showed for me was that nothing in this life is guaranteed live each day i know it, it sounds cliche a lot of people probably say it but really try to <laughs> try to embrace each day as a gift um mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning like be grateful that you're still alive and you're still here you're still here to pursue your dreams you're still here even though it's tough sometimes but you're still here to pursue your dreams and to still have an impact in this world even if you think you're not having one trust me you're you're in this world you have a purpose and you can still make that impact so for me you know it's just going back to the basics to to, to say that you know life is hard and we're going to lose people and we've lost people but we have to be strong going forward we have to um, keep moving forward and know that you know life is is beautiful but it also has the it also has tough times um, like death and sickness but guess what we we get through it and with with strength and with hope we know that we can make make it through and um, for business wise you know I, I did take some time off just to grieve and to to you know get to mourn the loss of a loved one but it gave me even more passion to pursue my my business and my dream because I want to make an impact and you know when I look back on on my uncle's life and all my other relatives that died you know they made their impact in their own way and I said you know the best thing we can do is keep keep moving and and doing it in their honor as well so mm-hmm. uh, when I went back to, because my, my focus is on helping people save money and live money, so, uh, make more money, sorry, so that they can have an abundant life. And abundance is not only about money. It means also having a holistic life where you're, you're financially um, whole, but you're also able to um, make an impact in this world. And it really did give me insight into you know life isn't guaranteed but at the same time when you do have have it you make the most of it lovely the old adage that you can't provide care for somebody else if you don't provide care for yourself first exactly you can't love others if you don't have that self-love exactly how about we take our listeners back to a time in your life that defines who you are as an individual today and okay. how maybe some of those lessons along your journey shaped you to pursue the purpose that you want to have um, on others, the impact you want to have on others. And it sounds like what you've told us already, it really did help you endure through the, the pandemic. So if I could go back in time, I would definitely go back to the time when I moved to Canada. So I'm from Jamaica and um, I moved to Canada a few years ago to pursue um, my MBA um, at UBC, oh my God, out in Vancouver, oh my God, beautiful. Oh, West Coast. <laughs> yeah, West Coast, the best coast. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> one day. Um, so when I moved here, um, you know, I was coming to do a very rigorous program. You know, the MBA is really a tough program and it, UBC is really good at, at pushing you. And it was tough um, being, first of all, an immigrant. So you're in a new country, trying to make sense of the country and the culture, make it through Canadian winters, (laughs) and trying to figure out the best way um, to navigate life as a a newcomer. And then also going through a rigorous program. And it was a very tough time. I, 
I really did struggle in those early days to, um, to get myself together. I remember there were times when um, it, I just, I, I felt like I had lost my mind briefly. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I'm trying to figure out the bus routes. I'm trying to figure out how to get to oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and figure out how to get around and, and trying to figure out the personal finance stuff. I'm trying to make friends and, you know, oh, meeting wow. people from all over the world because at school, um, our class was very international. So you're meeting people from all <laughs> over and it was, it was a hard journey. And the thing that kept me going was knowing that, first of all, I knew what my purpose was. I'm here to do this amazing program and I'm here to get you an education and to also expand my horizons and also make an impact in this world. And I remember there were tough times, you know, working 17 hour days, you know, trying to keep up with my studies and also my personal life. It was really a, a test of, of faith and resilience and perseverance, just trying to make it through the entire period. And at the same time, I'd also taken out student, the student loan to pay for my education. So I had to think about that as well and, and trying to look for a job and make it through the whole MBA process. And it was tough. But once again, you just have to go back to the basics. Why are you here? What is your purpose? And that kept me going fall back on your why. Our purpose can change here and there, and it'll go through phases, just like we go through the seasons. So does our purpose in life, but our why remains constant. It's solid. And that's the value system I had said in my summary, my last podcast is that when we lean into our values, it grounds us. It's our anchor. And I also love how you explain we look at those pain points as a way to help others because we've lived, we have lived experience in being yes. and walking in the shoes of the very people we want to coach and serve. So your coaching program and the work around financial literacy is all geared towards young women. That's right. Immigrant women. And this was one of the reasons why I was drawn to you because I have a young 17, almost 18 year old who's <laughs> going to venture out into the world on her own and maybe go to UBC. Oh my God. Awesome. Maybe we don't know. <laughs> I don't want her to listen to this podcast and feel like, oh gosh, mom's put the pressure on me. <laughs> but whatever the situation is, because we were all there mm-hmm. ourselves is trying to navigate through our finances pay bills, pay off debt, student loans. So that's why I was really attracted. I wanted you to tell that story Mm -hmm. because I think a young woman who's just walked that journey, taken that journey can resonate and is more relatable with young women because you are just in that age group yourself. Yes, exactly. So um, when, when I decided to branch out in this um, business, I once again, went back to my why. (laughs) I remember when I moved here, you know, you know, you're trying, you do the basics, you, you know, open a bank account and you just don't know like the intricacies of the different types of accounts and the different um, investment options that are available in Canada. And really you don't get that education unless you go and search for yourself. And I found that it was tough for me um, to try and figure out, okay, what's the best option in Canada specific um, how do I open a TFSA and what's the difference between a TFSA and a tax-free savings account? Just to be clear for the listeners, how do I open that as well as a, a registered um, retirement saving account? 
as well. Like what are the differences? What are the perks? And what are the benefits that can be derived from opening, you know, one of these accounts or both? And right. the information just was not there. Like I noticed mm -hmm. that it was just very tough to get like a centralized place where you can find out about managing your personal finances as a, a woman and a young woman who just finished school. So I realized that there was a gap in, in, in the financial education out there, especially back when I was um, in school a few years ago. So um, I decided that this must be, if, if I'm having this challenge, then other people are definitely having the same challenges as well. So why don't I provide that information? And I did work in the financial services industry at one point. So I do have that expertise as well as my education. And I felt like this was an opportunity for me to minister to people, basically. I just see it as a ministry, to be honest, and to provide you know, that information and guidance along the way. You know, that particular target group is just very dear to me because I am one of those <laughs> people mm -hmm. and you know you want to serve because of my experiences I, I know exactly how it feels to to manage your own money and manage your own household and manage your finances it can be very intimidating yes, so indeed. having information and information that's broken down in simple words in, in a simple format so that it's easy to digest now that's what you need so I started also reading different books and there are some very good um, people who are in this space already that are doing amazing work. Most of them are US-based. We have one or two Canadians as well. So I, I can just mention like Tiffany Alish, we call her Alishe, we call her the budget nista. So she just released a book. She's amazing and I look up to her. And there's also um, here in Canada, Jessica Morehouse is pretty good as well. And she has the More Money podcast and um, we also have Money After Graduation, that's Bridget, she's out, she's based in Alberta, so, you know, West Coast girl. So these women were doing this and they were, you know, filling that need. And I said, you know, I, I definitely want to help as well and provide that information to people and young women in particular and, and even immigrant women who may not know the different um, intricacies of the, of the Canadian system, but they want to build wealth and, and, and grow and build a, a healthy portfolio. So that's where the blog comes in and that's where my services come in. And, and I'm definitely loving it. And I, I get so much um, satisfaction when I have people reach out to me on Instagram saying, thank you so much um, for oh. this information because I there are so many people who need this information. And I if I can make um, one person build a healthy portfolio and will be able to buy a house and to have a, a good financial foundation, then I know that my job is, is done. And that gives yes. me satisfaction. Yes. Amen to that, Jody. Yes. Yeah. You know, I feel strongly about that. If in our journey, our purpose, we can change the life of one person, yes. we have done God's work. And thank you for sharing those podcasts and those authors. We'll definitely push them through the podcast notes at the end. Of the awesome. And I also wanted to uh, acknowledge the fact that you said we always have a mentor, somebody to look up to. I love that. And, so, and often we want as moms to be that person for our, our children, our daughters, yeah. especially when it comes to money, because we don't want them to make the same mistakes that we made. Absolutely. I had a mentor too. Her name was Sandra. And she worked with uh, Scotia McLeod Wealth Management. Oh, and nice. she said one thing to me, 
and it was beautiful and, and that will help me segue into something I want to ask for you but she said if you can just put now this is back in the early 90s so but she mm -hmm. said if you could just put $200 away a month but don't look at it take it right off your paycheck or have it go right into an account that you don't even get to see that money first Mm -hmm. And then she gave me a piece of paper and it listed at least a dozen, it might have been 20 or more, 21, I think it had something to do with 21 reasons why a woman should have her own financial power, it wasn't wealth, her mm -hmm. financial power. It's just one of those things, a mentor came along at the right time, the right place. And I'm happy to say that that $200 investment a month went towards a down payment for my home, my first home. Wow. Wow. It does make a difference. Yeah. So what are some of your strategies or make it, let's put it in bigger, broader context. What are your services and offerings? First thing I like to do when I'm, I'm working with people and even on the blog, I always want us to look at our money mindset. So that's a very important piece before you even think about saving and all of that, you need to look at your mindset because you can have the best laid plans. But if your mindset is not in tune with um, what you want to achieve, then you can completely derail all the plans that you have. So look at your money mindset and understand what your ideas around money are. First of all, like, what do you think about money? How do you um, perceive money? And, and how do you see money? Is money an opportunity for you to build wealth? Or is it just an opportunity for you to show off? Like different people have different uh, motivations around money. So why do you want to save? Like, what, what is it? That's in your mind when it comes on to money. So understanding the mindset is a big piece. And then the other, other piece that I focus on is organizing um, your finances. So a lot of us, sometimes we have this organization in our finances. We basically don't know where our money is going every single month. So you end up every, every month and you're like, oh my God, I'm broke. How come? True. <laughs> right? <laughs> because you probably don't have a basic budget. Right. So spending time and organizing your finances, looking at where your money is going, understanding right. your behavior. And there are a lot of systems out there and different banks. I know RBC does a good job of, um, you know, they have like analytics that show you where your money is going and all of that. But you can do your basic, you know, um, financial organization by just listing all your bills. Um, listing your income or incomes. Some people have, you know, multiple incomes coming in and then understanding how much money am I making and where's my money going? So a big part of it is developing a budget, right? And understanding yes. at the end of the month, am I negative? Am I in the red or am I in the green? So if I'm in the red, what do I need to do? And what are the changes that I need to make, right? Financially, do I need to, you know, cut off some of my expenses. A lot of us have subscriptions that we don't use and they're just coming, it's being billed to your credit card every single month. Do you need those subscriptions? Like understand where your money is going. So fix it with a budget, right? So that's the first piece. And then the other part now is about understanding what your net worth is. So we calculate the net worth to see where you're standing with your assets versus, versus your liabilities or your debts and seeing how you can grow your net worth. A big way in which you can grow your net worth is um, you know, investing in assets, build your asset base, right? And assets can include houses and investment account, like understand where you are in terms of your net worth. Now, most of us have negative net, net worth because we have like um, maybe student loans or 
we may have like a mortgage, but the good thing about having um, like a house is that you have equity, right? So that can actually make you net worth positive. But if you are, if you calculate your net worth and you realize that it's negative, I don't want anybody to panic. <laughs> what it gives you is a snapshot of your financial life. And then it allows you to see where you need to go to build your wealth. So we look at that. And then we also look at debt, debt payment strategies. So if you do have debt, what is the plan that you have to pay down your debt, right? You, there must be a plan. And building that plan and, and, and focusing on how you can, with your budget, pay down all the debt that you have so that you can become more positive in terms of your net worth. And then the last piece is around um, financial literacy. You should be able to own your finances. Even if you're a woman and even if you're married and you're doing a joint um, financial um, thing with your husband, you still need to know what's happening in your money life is what I call it. So building resources around financial literacy and ensuring that you know what, it, what you need to do in order to um, ensure that you, you keep a good financial system that works for you. And then we can go into like other things like investing and all the different pieces that will help you build the wealth that you need. At the end of it, you should be able to be in a position where you know um, what your, your, your asset basis is and you know what your financial life looks like and you have a plan in place because all you need is a plan and have a foundation that you can build on. That plan as you just explained, yeah. that blueprint, the foundation blueprint. gives you that feeling of control. I was really drawn to what you said, that financial literacy is an individual responsibility. So even yes. if we're in a relationship, my financial literacy might be far exceed that of my spouse, mm -hmm. but it still behooves my spouse to have that literacy as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's very important. Very. This is why I want to impart this knowledge onto my daughter too, is that I may not be able to be a motivator or inspire you how to save and plan. Mm -hmm. Somebody like Jody can do that for you, but at the very least have some financial literacy. That's right. How does somebody gain financial literacy or how, what if somebody says, I just don't have the time to get knowledgeable in finances. That's why I hire you. What would you say mm -hmm. to that? A very good question. Um, so time is a very hot commodity right now for everyone. <laughs> We're all so busy. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I know the best, one of the best ways in which you can build that financial literacy because it's very tough for us um, to read books. Reading is awesome. And reading is one of the ways in which you can build that, that skill. But another piece that I found that's really, really good and it helped me when I was on that path myself um, was listening to podcasts. So pod podcasts were actually like a saving grace because I am driving and I'm listening to the podcast and I'm learning about investing and yes. learning about, you know, all the different pieces that I need to, to put in place for my money life. And it's very convenient. So I would say that's one of the best and quickest way for you to gain um, financial literacy. Um, the other piece is when you, you know, the traditional banks and, and credit unions and all of those um, traditional financial institutions, um, they do have financial professionals that you can also ask questions. Um, when you go in and you're, you know, you're doing a basic transaction, feel free to ask those questions, right? So most of us make time for that. We'll go into the bank and we'll have our different transactions that we're doing. 
ask those tough questions. Ask the question, like, how do I um, set up a TFSA? Like, what, what do I need to do? They're going to be very helpful because they are trained in that and they should be able to provide you that kind of information. Um, another piece is we all watch TV and we enjoy watching Netflix. There are lots of programs on TV that actually provide information on um, personal finance. Like I have found a few um, that I watch myself on Sundays. They're usually on Sundays on the weekends, but <laughs> they're very helpful, right? You know, I found also that social media has become a very hot space when it comes on to providing personal finance information. My only caution is um, when you're digesting information on social media, you just need to do a little bit more research and, tr and, and validate what is on there because you don't want to just listen to everything that everyone says. And there are some things that are not Canadian specific, so they might be specific to the U.S., so you have to be able to um, look at look at both and try to make that make sense of what works for you. I think you say that in one of your podcasts, knowledge is power. You yes. need to get the right, the right knowledge. Exactly. exactly. And that's your PR background coming out. <laughs> Ask questions and don't trust all of the resources, the sources at face yes. value. I yes, spoke right. about that too in my last podcast yes. with a young gal who's doing her master's degree in communications yes we um, tend to play the devil's advocate by nature of our work which is yes. important but anybody should should have the power and feel the power that they can do that walk I love that walk into a bank and ask questions hey I need to know it's your money yeah. oh my goodness it's your money. exactly ask the question don't be afraid um and and if you are getting a sense that you're not um like asking the questions people are getting a little bit you know if you're getting a sense that you're not getting the answers that you need, keep asking. You know, go to another financial advisor. You'll find the right person who will help you. But you still need to ask those questions because at the end of the day, it's your investment and you need to know where your money is going. Doesn't that, isn't there a reference in the Bible? Ask and you shall receive and your joy will be That's complete. Right. That's right. <laughs> ask about money. Yes, <laughs> you should. Beautiful. Yeah, we are at that very special time in every podcast where we move on to flashcards. So let's begin. We spend a lot of time just talking about money, but money has many different connotations. We, we talked about in terms of the commodity to which it gain, gives us the opportunity to live an abundant life and also how on the flip side can be controlling when we attach greed and even the ego to it as well. But when I say the word money, to Jody, what does that mean? One word, I would say options. Ah. Yes, yes. That's great. You snuck it in there a couple of times, but resilience. Perseverance. Mm. Keep mm -hmm. going, just keep yeah. going. Even when you fall down, even when you're flat on your face, get up, keep going. Even when you feel like I'm not gonna make you through this, and there are those days when you feel like this is, I can't get up out of bed, get up, keep going, keep going. And whatever, even if it's simply just getting up and you're not even fully yourself, just keep going, mm -hmm. persevere. I'm gonna throw another word in there that you're not prepared for, but okay. I know that you are a gal of faith 
because you shared <laughs> that with me. And it's very evident if you read your blogs, you, you make a poignant effort to mention the Lord. So I'm going to ask that at the, your next word, faith. Even when, the, when times are tough, there is still hope. The, 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 the biggest gift that faith has given me is the fact that there is hope. Mm -hmm. Your next word, independence. Freedom. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When you're independent, you're free. You have freedom to do what you want because you, right. you don't, you're not relying on on anyone like you're you're free to make whatever decisions you want right right of course and it goes back to the idea that money gives you the options that's right mm -hmm. lovely next word vulnerability connection okay yeah when okay expand on that one <laughs> awesome when you're vulnerable, um, it makes you more human mm -hmm. and you're able to connect with people in a more intimate way. Yes. And I, I love Brene Brown and she speaks a lot about vulnerability and yes. oh my gosh, it, 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 and in, in the, the times I've been able to make real connections with people and people who are my close friends, people that I love are those times when we're both vulnerable with each other and, and I'm able to tell you I'm struggling and, and then you're saying I'm struggling too. And that's how we make a connection that we're not superhumans. We're all trying to make it through this human condition, whatever life is, <laughs> we're trying to make it through. And when you're able to be vulnerable, you connect on, on a different level with people. You show up, you're real. This is who I am. Mm. And you have the courage yes. to be that authentic with your exactly. community. Exactly. I think that's why, and you could pro probably appreciate this because we met on a Facebook group. Yes. Jacqueline Malone, plug and pitch. We all went into that with a level of vulnerability. Yes. We wanted to know how to overcome our pain point, which was connecting, creating community, yes. to expand our reach, to create a bigger brand presence and awareness. Yes. All those key PR buzzwords. <laughs> yes. But what came out of it was, of course, a whole bunch of knowledge and learning and techniques. That's but right. we created community. We did. And we're here together. That's we're amazing. Together. Next word, success. Happiness. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. You, you, I mean, success can mean different things to different people. And we all have our own definitions of success. But when you know that you, whatever that definition is, you're in that place and you are successful, then you really feel happiness because you're, you've reached that place where you're like, this is it. Oh my God, this is what I've been dreaming about. And you have that sense of accomplishment and it makes yes. you feel at peace and happy. Beautiful. Yeah. 
So I'm going to educate you on something interesting. Okay. Not far down the road from you because Toronto is such a small area, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Canadian band Glass Tiger, have you heard of them? No. Will you go check them out after this? I will. Let me write that so, down. <laughs> They've been around since the early to mid 80s, got me through high school, university, loved them. Wow. Fast forward a few years later, about a decade later, turns out my husband ends up befriending the band. That's a long story, but it is in a podcast episode number eight. Hey, okay, we'll check <laughs> so it out. So the band leader is Alan Frew. And Alan wrote a book in 2007 called The Action Sandwich. It's the work that you do to overcome some of your, I guess you could say obstacles. And it's very much in line with Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. His 13 principles, Alan has six. But in his book, and he even mentioned it again on the podcast, that success doesn't have to be measured in riches. It's mm. measured in happiness, like you say. Oh my God. The doorman at, uh, uh, you know, the Ritz-Carlton or the most uh, prestigious apartment block, say in New York, could be the happiest man, has a simple life and he goes home to his family every night and they don't have massive riches, but they're happy. Whereas the CEO that he's letting the door, opening the door to, to let in, could mm -hmm. have all of the riches and abundance in the world, but be immensely unhappy. Yeah. He's, he's not fulfilled, so... That's right. There's so many common messages that my podcast guests have been sharing. I'm starting to see the real um, weave a thread wow. between all your stories. It's been lovely. And speaking awesome. of stories and more books, what is your favorite all-time read? When I finished university, I think I read that book when I was about 22 years old. It was Think Big by Dr. Ben Carson. That was a really good book. Um, he really um, encouraged encouraged us to to think big, <laughs> and to and his story was very inspirational. You know, coming from um, inner city community in 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 the U.S., and his mother was illiterate, and um, but she taught her boys to read somehow. Like she said to them, "Look, you're not watching any TV or anything. You're going to the library." And they had to check out a library book every single week. And they had to finish that book by the end of the week. <laughs> and they were allowed to read books from different genres, not only like um, fiction books, but also nonfiction. So he said he became really, really knowledgeable because he was reading books on classical music and, and, and just random topics, you know, science and all of that. And of course, he, he, he was a, a famous um, neurosurgeon. And he said, the thing that stuck with me was, he said when he went, and I'll make, make this very quick, when he went into his um, interview for his resident, residency when he was in medical school and um, he was about to do um, his interview, he said, um, the doctors who were interviewing him, they asked him, you know, what are your interests? And he said, uh, well, I like classical music. And then one of the doctors said, that's one of my favorite, favorite things. I love classical music. And the entire interview was all about classical music. That's because his mother planted a seed when he was growing up to say, read, read, and read. 
And because of that, he was able to con converse and talk about classical music. And because of that, he was accepted into the residency, into the program. So it just showed the power of reading and literacy, right? Yes. That's so that's just power, like you knowledge is power, exactly. So that's one book. And then the second book for me, because I'm a Christian, of course, the Bible. It's a of course Beautiful. amazing book. It's a it's a book that is live and it lives and it breathes, and it's it's every time I read the Bible, I'm transformed. And there's so many podcasts now out there about Bible to help people yes. understand yes. books, the verses, the stories. Yes. One thing is so beautiful is that there it's stories. There yeah. are stories about the human condition. Yes. Yes. Do you have a favorite verse in the Bible? I know it's in Psalm 37 and it is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yes. Music to my ears. I am getting goosebumps when you say that. Yes. And I've lived that. You have. Yes. By sharing us with your story, we can definitely yeah. understand your journey. And I'm so grateful and honored and blessed that you came on the show to share your journey. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Abundanceofjoe.com. So um, it's a fantastic blog and, and I provide personal finance tips and all things related to money, um, investing and debt payment and money mindset. So you can find me there. I'm also on Instagram and, and my handle is um, Abundance of Joe, just like the blog name. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Pinterest, I love Pinterest. I'm also on Twitter. Reach out, you can reach out to me on the blog. I, my email information is there and I'm very, very excited to connect with um, your listeners. If anyone would like to reach out, please, I would love to definitely connect. Yeah. Again, we'll put that those links in our show notes and yes. that's abundance of Joe, J-O. J-O dot com. That's right. Wonderful. <laughs> Jody, thank you again. I'm really looking forward to your next blog stories and checking you out on the social media circles. If you ever make your way to Vancouver Island, please yeah. come up to Comox. I would love to meet you in person. Oh my God, you're in Comox? I've, I've been to the island, but I've never been up to that part. So definitely. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. But don't tell anybody. Yeah. So many great conversations with my guest Jody, Jody Ann Smith. She is a financial coach. My takeaways from our episode number one, develop a money mindset, having the internal reality check with yourself. What are your goals for making and accumulating money, and are they in line with your purpose and your values? One of the methods for developing this mindset is through the power of knowledge, specifically financial literacy, which is my second takeaway. Financial literacy, knowledge. Knowledge is power, so become knowledgeable on the topic of finances and your money life. Resources are available, which include books, podcasts, and Jody mentioned three podcasts that I will link in the show notes. Financial literacy is also acquired by asking questions with the financial professionals, the money people and by validating resources. And there are many resources online, but do your homework and validate whether it's applicable to your circumstances. Third takeaway is vulnerability. Doesn't money make us feel completely and utterly vulnerable? 
but we tend to vilify the word. Vulnerability isn't always negative. Shouldn't be. Jody says it, it makes us more human to allow us to connect with more people in a meaningful way. And indeed, a definition that Brene Brown embraces, her definition, she defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. The idea of stepping outside your comfort zone. When we do, we invite deep, meaningful connection. And therein lies the concept of courage and trust that tends to go hand in hand with vulnerability. Certainly, when loosening the tight grip of money or how tightly we hold on to limiting beliefs about money, it takes the mindset. Just bringing it back full circle. A money mindset. Better understanding of money and how to acquire it for abundance and live a rich and fulfilling life. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and would like more, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if sharing these episodes can help one person, it can help one more. And then one more, and soon we have a tipping point, and then everyone is tuning in. And that is my goal, my mindset, to be vulnerable on a podcast, to make deeper connection, and creating a safe place for entrepreneurs to share their story of resilience and endurance, and all those other pandemic buzzwords we use to describe the act of moving forward. Just keep moving forward, knowing somehow we are having an impact on others. Unfacts is a podcast by MGG Communications Inc., a brand strategy company that focuses on the brand's backstory, creating authentic storytelling opportunities, showcasing who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Because at MGG Inc., our story is telling your story.